Welcome to Juice in the Morning, episode 68. Thank you for joining us again. The official co-host of the Juice in the Morning podcast, Hannah Craven. Hey, friends. <laughs> <laughs> you sound very excited. I'm waking up still. Yeah, she, she, she gave a bit of a, a, a parade wave. <laughs> <laughs> it was a Beyonce wave, actually. <laughs> and uh, she's got the... Uh, Typical Starbucks right in front of her. What's Starbucks. your What's your order? Um, this is the toasted coconut sweet brew. So forgot to have them put cream in it, but we're dealing. <laughs> how much or how long does it take you to uh, relay that order? Um, two seconds because <laughs> I don't inconvenience everyone else's lives. <laughs> so was there somebody that was causing you a problem in the drive-through? Yeah, there was. Uh, this lady was there talking for a long time. I was like, oh, there's only one person in front of me. This never happens. But then that lady took the time of four people being in front of me, and I was like, great. <laughs> and, and they were not trying to pay it forward and pay for the person behind them either. Were yeah, they? no, she sure wasn't. I'm like, Take your salt life sticker and get out of my face. <laughs> and there's those a, salt life there's stickers no, are a, a damn epidemic. I know. There's no salt everywhere. water anywhere around yeah, us. Yeah, like drive all the way there, please. Get yeah, out go of go kneeboard on your hillbilly lake. You yeah, dirtbag. <laughs> with your uncle dad. And I and and I also want to uh, welcome back producer Tom. I like the sound of producer Tom. How do you feel about it? Me too. He just brings I, a lot of. I enjoy it. And people people often ask me. Uh, I say often. Actually, forever they have asked me if I prefer Tom, Thomas, or Tommy. I went with Tommy once, and it was Not in an fan. online chat room. It's uh, a girl. I was in sixth grade, and she asked me if I was gay. <laughs> so I don't go with Tommy. Tommy Hilfiger can pull off Tommy. I can't. Tommy the Green Ranger. Um, a lot of people can pull off Tom, Tommy the Green Ranger. I'm not familiar. <laughs> the Power Ranger. Come on. He was the one that was, was bad originally. I'm trying then... to prove that I am not interested in. <laughs> He's like, I'm trying to get rid of the gay stigma. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I made that clear. So you're not that there's anything wrong with that. Just not wearing the green bodysuit. Um, <clears throat> but I always go with Thomas, but I found that people uh, just want to call me Tom sometimes. And... Uh, I like it. I think producer Tom has a really good ring producer to it. Producer Tom. PT. Yeah. That's PTSD. Good. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have any of that, right? I was arguing with my friend about who can get PTSD because I said I get it sometimes whenever I take shots of certain things. <laughs> and he's like, that's not how it, that's not what it is. It's like, okay, what is it? I mean, that I think that well, that's it's, a possible. It's that's yeah. a post-traumatic stress syndrome. Yeah. I mean, if you've had an, a, a situation that has scarred you Hangovers. for life hangovers <laughs> well <laughs> or I, I will say i will say with a, a great deal of pride i have survived some deadly hangovers yeah, no. i mean literally deadly hangovers. <laughs> if you've not gone on a i don't know two-week bender where any, <laughs> no i'm serious the cheapest vodka you can find dark Kachaka. oh yeah exactly we I mean, named like three hey guys up top <laughs> Clearly I'm we, on the right team. We know our vodka. <laughs> um, no, but I mean, oh man, you'll you'll hallucinate. You'll be sick. You won't be able to eat. It's worse than any flu you could ever have. For me, it's tequila. It's like the it's like Ebola. Yeah, I, 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 probably. I, I say tequila is my party trick because as soon as I shoot it, I throw it right back up. And <laughs> As soon as I shoot it, so that ta- that, that that gets me to the point that the that it. gets me to the point of what I was going to get at that I wanted to talk about with this show was I'm done taking shots. I'm yeah, not doing um, it anymore because all that ends up coming from taking a sh- taking multiple shots is 
forgetting my night or not having a good time yeah. or getting embarrassed because I fall down and act like an idiot. I and, hate it. And I have that switch that gets flipped. As soon as I do something extremely embarrassing when I'm really drunk, I want to get home. Like, yeah. I want to walk home. Yeah. I want to get an Uber, Uber home. Yeah. And, you know, at least it's changed a little bit. I don't want to drive home anymore, which yeah. I used to do. Which yeah. Legally, I cannot do. <laughs> Legally, I cannot. Yeah. Says the motorcycle owner. <laughs> Congratulations, by the way. That's that's the other part about the motorcycle is is it's to me similar to like owning a boat. Like, I I want to own a boat, but I also want to drink on my boat. So yeah. like maybe I just want somebody else to own a boat, and then I can just drink on their boat and, yeah. and get an Uber home when we get back to the dock yeah. <laughs> instead of getting yeah. getting arrested but for your you DUI on the on lake. A boat. Or just bring a tent. Yeah. <laughs> or sleep on your boat. Just anchor it. Get a houseboat. I'm at home. <laughs> I sleep on boats all the time. It is not public in talks. I'm yeah. at home right now. You can get in trouble for it pretty easily to drive boats drunk. <laughs> so so then that's the same thing with the motorcycle. Like I want to ride it over to friends' houses and like show people, but I also know that I also want to have some beers. So yeah. I'm having to. I'm having to like hit this point in life where I'm trying to, uh, to figure out how I can um, pace myself. So mm-hmm. like have like maybe a beer or two every two hours instead of like one every 10 minutes or that's, something. That's like one that. of the things I've gotten pretty good at. Like I worked um, at a bar that was far away from my house. It was like an hour when I worked to the blind out and I was going to school. So I always was like, you can have two beers max. Or you need to just stay there. Yeah. Because like, I was just like, you don't even think about it. Like, because that is something that you always think about. If you work there, obviously, the first thing you want to do is drink when you get off. But it's like, yep. I always made that rule for myself. And I'm like, two beers and done. And so, That's good. So I'm officially done with shots. Not doing that anymore. Can't do it. Um, <laughs> what I started doing was I would recognize someone who drank uh, a normal amount of alcohol. Yeah. And I would try to pace myself with them. Yes. <laughs> That's a good idea. You know, because um, I can't do that with most of my friends yeah i can't so i just have to pick someone i'm like oh that guy actually spent 20 <laughs> minutes drinking his beer <laughs> it's like one of those parties when you're like edward 40 or whatever when you like drink with someone every time they take the shot. yeah like yeah i'm just kind of but they don't know it so that's kind of creepy i'm just kind of like kind like of just eyeballing them give them a summer. wink every time they take a drink of beer there, there yeah are, me too buddy there are me studies too. that say that um people in like social situations do drink kind of at the same level as the people around them. Yeah, so, absolutely. So like if you ever, if you ever find yourself in a social situation and you are having drinks, kind of look around at the table and see kind of where everybody's level is at because yeah. nine times out of 10, I've noticed this cause I've actually looked at it after reading the study yeah. and you'll notice that everybody kind of has it's like, at like same. three, yeah. if, if I'm at three quarters, somebody's like at three quarters or close to half maybe and like the other person. So kind of like, it's interesting that, You'll you'll even see like I've even noticed like and I've thought about it like I'll take a drink of my drink and like watch and yeah. see if somebody else does like right afterwards <clears throat> and they do almost nine times out of ten and the same thing that goes to that is the same psychology when somebody like clears their throat I remember that in high school <laughs> when we'd be like taking tests and it's super quiet and you'd hear somebody go <clears throat> and then like two seconds later Viral you'd hear you hear somebody else like <clears throat> <laughs> well, and it's this social comfort thing where it's like, oh, I need to clear my throat, but it's so quiet in here. And then the fat guy in the back is like, <laughs> and you're like, well, shit, he just did it. So I, I guess I can give me a polite, <clears throat> and then you hear, then somebody goes, 
<laughs> they blow their nose into their, their Kleenex, and then it just becomes the grossest yeah. thing that you've ever been a part well, of. I, I think that that like drinking on the same level thing too. It's like, well, so I think more so when someone else gets another beer, then you're, oh yeah, yeah me too, because yep. you never want to be the most sober one, but you also don't want to be the most drunk one. Yeah, so it's absolutely. Like, let's all be on the same level, but then everyone's got different levels of tolerance too. Okay, so it, Thomas, the producer, just gave me a message that we should be uh, calling our guest soon. So. Um, I'm going to let you go ahead and introduce the guest that's going to be on the phone with us. All right. Uh, our guest today is going to be Ray Goots. He's a stand-up comedian, and um, I don't know a whole lot about him, honestly, but that's the great part about being able to interview him is that we get to know more about him. I believe he's based out of New York, and we are going to... Uh, hear what his opinions are on several different topics yeah and, um, I, and i always love just asking random questions about stuff as well and right. i think and once again his name is ray goots correct yes it's uh ray spelled the usual way in goots is g-o-o-t-z and how did you how did you find out about him oh uh, we had a bunch of mutual friends on facebook i spent some time living in new york and uh i'm a huge fan of comedy you're kind of a rolling stone you've spent some time in a lot of places haven't you I have. I have. I'm a bit of a rolling stone. Um, so uh, we're going to ask him about uh, whatever he has to uh And if you're, watch, if you're watching the Facebook Live, maybe you guys can ask a question or two as well. Yes, please uh, post any questions about uh, – he, he, uh, <laughs> he enjoys professional wrestling. I know that. He enjoys comedy, obviously. Uh, he's also a fan of uh, – the comic book movies? Yes. Um, I'm definitely going to ask about That's a about very those. basic nerdy thing for me to say. Well, actually, it's just, I just sound ignorant because I, I, I don't mean, know anything about them. I mean, nerdy stuff is like the, the end thing now, so it's like kind of cool to be nerdy. Yeah. So it's nothing to... Well, but he's an OG. Yeah. So, so like he, he, he was nerdy before he, nerdy was cool. There's nothing he sarcastic the about times. it. Yeah. It's like I'm not a hipster. I'm actually just a real nerd. <laughs> so we can go ahead and give him a call. Um, you guys will be hearing from him in just a second. All right, on the phone we have Ray Goots. Um, Thomas hooked us up with a uh, interview with a gentleman. I think. How did you guys uh, meet, Ray? I don't know. How, Thomas, how do we meet? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, everybody was wearing masks, from what I remember. It was uh, sort of eyes wide shut style. No, it was in an oh, alley. Like that? Yeah. no I uh, I was actually friends with um, I think Shelby Farrow on uh, Facebook initially and a few years ago we had mutual friends and i added you as a friend because i uh read some of your posts and i thought they were funny oh thanks man okay that's how we met yeah on facebook <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Everyone well we're, we're very s- modern we're super excited to have you man i appreciate you doing it and taking time out of your day to do it i apologize that my co-host tends to run late on a regular basis for everything <laughs> I, I usually tell her about an hour before we need to do something so that she's on time and then she still ends up being late a little bit yeah i was really working through a hangover <laughs> bear with me uh, okay that's cool yeah i have weird i have weird hours anyway so waking up at one is like waking up at seven in the morning yeah, same. <laughs> well that's what i figured so yeah so uh, Thomas had mentioned that you are into uh, professional wrestling, and I wanted to uh, ask your opinion because I I grew up watching it when I was really like younger, and I didn't actually like continue it on after middle school. My era was like The Rock, Stone Cold, and uh, all those guys. So what was what has been like your favorite era of the professional wrestling um, world? 
Yeah, it was definitely, I would say, uh, 95 to 2001 when uh, it was the three big companies, WCW, WWF, and uh, ECW. Uh, especially because, like, ECW ran shows by where I went to school. Oh, nice. So I would go to those shows, and they were, like, super cheap, and that was, like, that was, like, pretty cool. Yeah. I want to see those live. Uh, so, yeah, that was definitely my favorite era. That was, like, uh, like that was the era where wrestling was at its peak, and, has, and it has never been as good as those days. So so what do you think has changed in that in that time period? What do you think made it made it not as entertaining? Oh, well, the, the, I mean, the main thing is ECW and WCW went out of business in 2001, and there was no one else. There was no other company because when there was another company, Vince McMahon was willing to change the show around. He was willing to try new things. Mm-hmm. He was willing to push new wrestlers. Now there's no reason for him to do that. He's he's like the he's like the NFL and NBA now. People just go to go. You yeah. Know? And and I, I kind if of someone says I have basketball tickets, you just go. So now when people <laughs> say I have wrestling tickets, you just go. You don't like. <laughs> yeah, I, I I kind of equate it to like having a monopoly in in the business world because. If you have the competition, then people improve their game. And then if you don't have the competition, you can kind of just put out whatever kind of shit you want, and people are yeah. going to have to deal with it no matter what. Yeah, and that's pretty much what it is with WWE. If you want to watch wrestling, you have to watch them. And, you know, they just get lazier and lazier every year. I mean, like, if the reason why they really pushed Stone Cold and The Rock was because they had no other choice because they were going to go out of business unless they mm-hmm. tried something different. I, nowadays, I'd feel like if Stone Cold showed up, because he was still back then. If you if you rewatch back then, he's so different from anything else on the show. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, everything yeah. else. Yeah, every every other wrestler is like kind of talking toward to little kids. He's talking <laughs> to people, you know, people like in their twenties and their late teens. I just feel like nowadays Vince would just like fire him. Or yeah. something. you just be like, yeah, you're too different. You're fired. Get out. You yeah. Know? Well, the last clip I saw of uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin was that he uh i can't remember it was a blonde woman and this was a dated clip obviously <laughs> very yeah. dated. it was back in the day but he um he went to slam a beer and uh <laughs> there was a blonde woman and he tried to get That's her to slam Keebler. yeah exactly <laughs> did you post that video no, I didn't post it. No, okay, no, no, but okay. I know the clip. She doesn't drink the beer. And, and he, he slaps a piss out of her. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not very child-friendly. Yeah. But it's no, professional wrestling, we're so. definitely promoting. Yeah. We're not promoting yeah, domestic violence. Don't do that. much angrier. <laughs> um, so what what other kind of things that are do you get into? Because really, I, I love the fact that you're a stand-up comic and that um, we're calling you to talk to you about that. But I also like to kind of get a little bit more of a perspective on just kind of the person. So what other kind of stuff do you got, do you do in your spare time when you're not doing comedy? Uh, well, um, when I'm not doing comedy, I, uh, I have a web series called Game Over Girls that I've nice. been running. And uh, other than that, like, I, you know, I, I read a lot of comic books and I watch and I... Uh, watch horror movies and stuff and we, i try to get into video games but uh it's just it's just i don't know they take they take too much time i, I want to get more into them but they take they, they just too much time you know every game now it takes 97 hours to, to, to be so 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 go ahead uh, hannah yeah and Bert, didn't you say you had a web series what what's that about um yeah the web series it kind of evolved right now it's kind of like it's almost it's a, like a live action choose your own adventure thing. It's called Game Over Girls, and um, every episode we have like a good and a bad ending. So, oh, like, nice! Oh, okay. 
you'll have an ending where the things work out, and all, all the all the characters are female. At least the main characters are. There's really yeah. no main girl power. Yeah. <laughs> what got but you like, into that? Sometimes the girl power doesn't work, and they fail miserably. <laughs> the and the okay, so I'm going to be in it one day. <laughs> yeah. The, the reason why we town. do that is because the bad endings are like. I mean, one episode, the good ending has 10,000 views, and the bad ending has 3 million views. Oh, shit. Oh, gosh. That's an impressive amount. What got you into it? Uh, we, I started doing a web series. Of, I, I used to be I used to be the manager of a comedy club, um, and a lot of the waitresses were complaining they couldn't find work. So I built a web series around a couple of those waitresses, and it was basically like – like, it was called Roommates. It's about girls living in New York, and it was kind of – it was funny. It was fun – it was kind of boring and it kind of but it kind of evolved from there and now it's just this completely ridiculous show where <laughs> you know they go on adventures and it doesn't work out for them so. that's awesome i'm gonna have yeah. to check it out it's called game over mm-hmm. girls right and is it do yeah. you guys have it on youtube or yeah, do you have a specific website yeah youtube yeah nice so yeah. definitely gonna check that out yeah, that's no, awesome too. that sounds like right up my alley it's something i would watch actually <laughs> and ray how long are the episodes generally uh, it depends. Um, a couple of years ago, I was going really crazy, so the episodes were like twenty minutes long, thirty minutes long. But now they're like they're around ten minutes at the most. Oh, yeah, nice. and and that's good because that's kind of following the the standard of like media right now. Because you know people are even giving podcasts shit because they're you know people are putting out those three hour long podcasts and people are like I don't have the time to watch all of that or listen to all of that. So an attention span. I think really. the, the I think that getting it in at a, at a smaller amount of time actually is better because people are more able to digest it and do it or listen to it. It's less of a commitment to go into listening to it. Yeah, but I've actually found like a lot of YouTubers now are going to twenty minutes and stuff. Yeah. And if they, if it's a topic that people care about, they'll stay. If it's something that nobody cares about, they're not going to stay. So, mm-hmm. like, I feel like more and more uh, um, this new generation is treating YouTube like TV. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you can stream everything online, so YouTube's kind of in that. I feel like. Yeah. Um, yeah, and there's a lot of people creating original stuff that you're not going to see on television, uh, and they have a really pretty big following on YouTube. So that's pretty cool. So uh, I was going to ask you, since you are creating this uh, show, do you create it on your own? Yeah, I write and direct. I used to have a crew, but, uh, you know, I couldn't trust around the girls. I mean, I <laughs> Imagine that. They would, just, they would just say weird stuff. Some of them, sometimes you'd have, like, the makeup person or the other camera guy say weird stuff around the girl, around one of the girls. Right. I was just like, yeah, if I'm going to work with all women, I need this not to be a, a weird set. So. Yeah, that's a nightmare, yeah. working with all girls. <laughs> I used to do that. Even to, for a girl. Yeah, I, I used to work at a bar that was only girls, and it, it was really hard. Yeah, but sometimes it's it, hard, but... but... It, but sometimes if you have like a, a, a weird guy, it can be even harder. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So I, I write, I do the whole thing myself now at this point. I write, I film it, I write it, I direct it, I edit it all by myself. So. That's, awesome. That's awesome. So it's uh, sort yeah. of that uh, that dream job that uh, Louis C.K. is uh, worked for. <laughs> I'm not being, uh, I'm yeah, not trying really to be funny. I'm to be, uh, Woody that's, Allen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, that's, that's my dream too, honestly. Yeah. Minus the child bribe. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> did you say child bride? I'm sorry, I missed. Yeah, that. he said child bride. <laughs> yeah. No, my well, yeah, my well, wife. Woody is, Allen, you know, the yeah. Sun Yi or whatever. I, I did not know like, that. You do, but yeah. No, my wife's 35 and she has a 17 year old daughter, and I'm only 28. <laughs> and, oh, okay. uh, so you guys have a lot in common. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I could go full Woody. What? <laughs> Let that hang in the air for a second. No. Uh, yeah. 
No, but uh, that's that's really exciting. Uh, I don't even know how old you are, Ray. Do you mind if I ask? Uh, yeah, I'm 36. I was hoping you would say 12. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm actually 14. Um, no, but uh, my next question was, uh, have you pursued uh, acting or uh, screenwriting stuff? Do you want to do a full feature thing since uh, you, you know how to do this and it's going well? Yeah, I mean, I, I wrote a film last year. Uh, it was kind of my friend's idea. Well, I wasn't too into it. I, I keep having. I have to do a rewrite. I keep putting it off. Um, yeah, I've tried act. I've tried acting. I used to want to be an actor, but um, to be honest, like I could. I, I mean, I don't know. I kind of. I kind of just like doing stand up, and I kind of like just writing, and directing. Uh, when I'm when I'm on when I'm on camera or when I'm performing, I, I really prefer prefer to be myself than like a character. You know what I mean? Yeah, I find I find yeah. a lot of stand up comedians end up being like really good actors. Um, wh- where do you think that comes from? Well, I, I think the the uh, worse comic you are, the better actor. Because <laughs> like Patrice O'Neill was a great comedian, but he wasn't a good actor. You oh, know what okay. I mean? Same thing with Jim Norton. Jim Norton's not really that. Or even Artie Lang. They're they're both great comics, but. Well, I, I no, think I, they're. I, oh, not to interrupt. No, I, I think okay. I think those people are great actors in their own right. Well, not great actors, but they're yeah. great at playing themselves in their performance. Yeah. They, they just can't go yeah. outside of their wheelhouse. Like one of my favorite scenes from uh, the American version of The Office is when Michael Scott goes down to the warehouse and he starts fucking around on a forklift <laughs> and yeah. he swings it around and knocks down everything. I know exactly what episode. And uh, Patrice <laughs> O'Neill's in the background and he says, God damn it, Michael! <laughs> <laughs> like, and that was all it was, but it was like, you know, he was called like a sea monster on the show, I think. They called him sea monster. Yeah. But it was fucking hilarious. But yeah, you're right. Um, I mean... It's it's hard. I mean, it's it's hard for a, a comedian to find range, especially when they're being cast as their stage persona. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I feel like if you're if you're an actor, if you're not comfortable in your own skin, you're very good at playing other characters. But the mm-hmm. comedian's almost the opposite. With a comedian, you, yes. you you're so yourself that it's hard to like put yourself away and become like a like character. Like even Don Rickles, like when you see him in in like the Scorsese movies. He's basically himself, just not talking that much. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> well, the cool thing is, I feel like whenever they put uh, comedians in shows, there's a lot of roles that will fit their same personality. Like, you can always fit someone who's just that funny guy or just, like, I don't know, whatever their normal persona is. And and also with, like, the, the access that we have with, like, social media and everything to everybody, we kind of... I mean, obviously, you kind of put a fake self out there on social media sometimes, but, you know, I think that we kind of see behind the curtain a little bit, so they can even, like, cast somebody, maybe not even just as their stage presence, but as, like, what the presence they put out into the world as well. Yeah, I mean, that's true. Now, I mean, you have a lot more ways to uh, to express yourself now than you did in the old days. Do you, you think know, that's like, a good thing or a bad thing? Well, it's a good thing for certain people. So, <laughs> so you keep talking, and you're like, I don't even like you as a person anymore. You know, <laughs> I think that's There's what a people... lot of people I like in real life, and in social media, I'm like, I just wish this person would get his ass kicked. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, what's one of your favorite jokes or kind of one-liners that you always say, but you feel like never gets the reaction or the like laughs that you want it to? Oh well, I've been doing this new joke, and I actually have to fix it because uh, I w- was dating a 19-year-old, uh, and. <laughs> And the joke is, you know, people always say, I'll just do the bridge version of the joke. You know, people always say to me, 
uh, what are you talking about a 19 year old? Or like, what, what could you possibly talk to her about? And I'm like, listen, I collect comic books. I play video games and I watch wrestling. Like, what do I talk about with a woman in her thirties? You know, <laughs> <laughs> women in their thirties, like they got their life together. They want to know you have your life together. Like, you know, you hang out with a woman in thirties. She's like, how long you been doing comedy? When you get on Sunday live, when you get on comedy central, where do you see yourself in five years? And I'm like in prison because I'm going to shoot you because you fucking keep asking questions. <laughs> so bland, I'm dying. <laughs> yeah. And this is the part where people, I either really get people or I lose them. And 19 year olds don't have questions. Like, with a 19-year-old, you know, they're, they're still hope in her eyes you come in their face. That's, a, <laughs> that's hilarious. I, one of my friends just had a baby, and she'll, like, do those, like, quirky little, oh, she's three months old now. She likes giggling, talking about herself, <laughs> slobbering and napping. And I, like, always am commenting. I'm like, oh, my God, we have all the same hobbies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, 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 the people in their 30s, women in their 30s, uh, my wife is in her 30s, and it's, it is pretty much all about what's the next thing that we're going to be doing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I feel also like that, that it's like that because also if they're single and they're in their 30s, they know, like, you know, they got a certain amount of time to have a baby and start a family. So, like, it's, if yeah, you're going to date it's a genetics. woman. Yeah, 37, 38, she's like, okay, you got to fucking have a plan now. You know what I mean? <laughs> what's Absolutely. the plan of action? I'm not wasting my time. Yeah, because if you waste my time, then I can't have then I can't have any kids. So, yeah. but with a guy, it's more like ah, whatever. I'll just find some twenty year old and bring her. <laughs> <laughs> I'll figure it out along the way. Yeah, I'll spray goots all over this place. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I wanted to ask you more about your stand up and uh, okay. what it is that. Uh, I mean, when did you get started, and how did you get started? Uh, well, I was working in comedy since like 2003, but I started really doing stand-up uh, part-time around 2008-2009, and I started at I started at Caroline's, and um, uh, you know I, that's, I used that's to isn't work... that like a really legendary club as well? Yeah, 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 yeah. It it's, it's pretty. Yeah, it's like one of the biggest clubs in the city. Yeah. And you know, I was working full-time at night for years, so I only would do it part-time. And um, then around 2015, um, like like my mom died one day, then my aunt died the next day. Oh man, and I'm I was sorry. like, yeah, and I was like, you know, like if I'm gonna do this, I gotta do this all the way. Like I can't like keep half-assing it. So two years ago, like I quit and I went into it full time. I don't work at night anymore. I, I just do stand up at night. And when I started doing it full time, I realized like, wow, you can't go part time into this. You can't like only do it two nights a week and then get annoyed that like you're not getting anywhere you know what yeah. I mean? yeah get 10% like yeah like almost doing it part-time is like not even doing it so mm -hmm. like sometimes I feel like I shouldn't even say I started in 2008 because I feel like I was treating it more like a hobby than like you know actually like trying to make a career out of it you know yeah, right. yeah you kind of have to like gauge your own like I don't know where you want to go with it and how serious you are about it and honestly how good you're going to be at it you know and then make the Leap. Yeah, and I would say to somebody if they were going to work at if they, oh I want to stand up but I'm going to keep my, my if you have a job at night I'm going to keep my night job be like well then you're not really doing stand up you yeah need, you need to have your nights free you need to be available 24 seven because there's going to be 200 other guys that are available 24 seven that they're going to go for ahead of you know yeah somebody says oh I want to book you like oh great I'm only available on Tuesdays and Wednesdays for the next six months they're going to be like well I'm going to book the guy who's available seven nights a week so yeah. you're not serious absolutely yeah. And that's kind of the way I feel about the podcast, too, because, you know, I, I started this and I was doing everything kind of on my own and I was literally the only person talking and it felt really awkward and weird. 
but like you know i i'm i'm scared to ever try to do this like as like a and move it into like a career or something because you know i've i've built up a level of income and like comfortability in my life that to be able to leave that would be super difficult and so i'm i'm still considering it kind of like a hobby but i feel i feel exactly like what you said i feel like i'm not giving it to, giving it its full due by not doing it full time and not trying to get people to come on the show and things like that all the time but that's why i have thomas who's acting as a producer and <laughs> and getting uh, awesome people like you to talk to us no cool thanks man yeah yeah yeah. yeah it's just it's about it's about like put if you put the time and the work in eventually like it'll pay off you know unless yeah. like you're terrible then it will never pay off you know what so if you meet the right agent even if you are terrible it'll pay off somehow <laughs> <It's very laughs> <true. laughs> yeah so, so ray uh something else i um have picked up on well i was trying to describe you and i was only to, able to describe you through your facebook posts okay um and your Facebook posts kind of uh, a lot of times have a bit of a uh, well, it's like it, it seems it seems to be a, a a harsh opinion about one thing or the other, positive or negative. <laughs> you you take yeah. a stance on a lot of things, which I appreciate. Which is why I actually started, you know, recognizing what you were saying a lot more. But you kind of reminded me of someone that maybe takes a harsh stance on something but doesn't really uh doesn't really hate it that much it's just it's just like in that moment you're incensed yeah so yeah sometimes things really piss me off yeah oh, same, really that's all of, that's all of us and, by everything and he showed yeah. me a couple of posts and I, I was very i was actually entertained by them yeah, we so. had a whole conversation about uh, oh, oh open... what, what post did you show him because I, I, I write i write a lot i, I get you annoyed do, you and do. i write um, well, we, we had a full conversation about um, how uh, headliners don't get the respect they do and uh, the, uh, the post you had oh, about Dan Oh, yes, that Dane one Cook. about Liza, Sle Liza Schlesinger. Yeah yeah, 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 which, you know, I agreed with completely. I just feel like – well, the thing about comedy, I just feel like a lot of people treat comedy more like – okay, this is my thing. I think, a lot, I think there, there's people that weren't popular in high school – Right, me. <laughs> um, a lot of them go into comedy, but here's the messed up part: when they're into comedy, they start treating it like high school, like they're the cool kids in high school. And I feel like, uh, like with Liza Schlesinger, she's a safe target. I love her. Well, Sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, a lot of teens have been going against her recently. I mean, they're they're ripping on her because they didn't like the way she twerked last week at a party. Yeah. But I feel yeah. like she's a safe target because she kind of came up on her own. She yeah. didn't really like have a crew. She didn't really like, um, you know, she wasn't buddy buddy with like the comedians who are buddy buddy. She wasn't part of any cliques. So yeah. she's a safe person to attack because if you attack Amy Schumer, you know. There, she has a lot of friends in comedy and stuff. She has like a billion time, followers like, yeah, that are going to go yeah. after you. Yeah. But at the same time, if you're like a comedian who, who isn't going anywhere, that you shouldn't really attack any headliner. Uh, you can say I don't think they're funny, which I don't think. Like I don't think Jared Carmichael's funny, but I'm not going to discredit that he's like had a really great career. And the same with Liza Schlesinger. Like, uh, screw her. She's garbage. She's nobody. I'm better than her. Da -da -da. Which is what a lot of comedians were saying. Who who can draw like a picture, let alone a crowd? And, uh, <laughs> it's like, look, you can look, you can say she's not funny, but you can't say she's she's a failure, yeah. or that nobody thinks she's funny, or that you don't respect anything she's done. 
when yeah. like she could tweet out that she's gonna play like a laundromat and like it's gonna be stand, you know yeah. yeah everyone's gonna run to that laundromat. I mean that's just the power <clears throat> that she has. But a lot of people crap on her because they think she's a safe person to crap on. Do you do you actually listen? Do you um, have you listened to all of her stand up? Like I've only seen what's on. No, uh, I haven't. Netflix. I haven't listened to all her stand up. No, I, but I mean, when she comes somewhere, it sells out within three seconds. Yeah, like she does a good job. <laughs> I mean, my whole thing with her is she was hilarious in the first two, and then I think lately she's gotten a little too preachy and political. Um, yeah. The third one, I didn't even finish it. I was kind of like, this is a little too much. And it like, became just more political than anything. But her first two are hilarious. Like, I quote them on the reg. Like, she's just kind of a girl who doesn't really care. And I love that because also me. Well, I think, that, I think that that drives a lot of female comics insane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that. I feel like a lot of comics. Yeah, it's very tre- Again, like I said, they treat this like high school too, but yeah. now it never ends. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. Gotta get and I don't, stuff. I'm not here to. My thing is, I, I feel like if you were popular in high school, like you don't really treat life like that because you're like, all right, I had it. And I mean, not I was popular in high school. So like when I do comedy, I'm not there to like, you know, it's all about the hang and you got to hang out with other comedians and you got to do this. You got to do that. I'm not about the hang. I have my friends outside. What I'm about is going on the stage, making people laugh, trying to figure out some new jokes and then going home. And I feel like a lot of people, it's not even like, well, screw the crowd, screw the jokes. I just want to hang out. It's like, well, you know, then you're join a social. You're not, yeah, you're not doing comedy. Well, join uh, Toastmasters. Uh, and those are always, those people are always the most vocal on Facebook or social media. And they're always the ones screaming at the comedy community. There's no, I mean, there's no comedy community. Give me a break. Anyway. Yeah. That's a whole <laughs> no, I, I, I agree. Um, uh <laughs> Sorry, I just interrupted my host. I'm only the producer. <laughs> I, I gave him the hold on a second finger. You're getting the smaller mic which, next time. Yeah, <laughs> which means uh, I might be swimming with the fishies tomorrow. <laughs> I, we, can, we can see his pond out behind his yard. I do have some concrete out back, too, that I can tie to your legs. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Concrete galoshes. <laughs> um, no. Um, well, the only place for that, I feel like, is where um, Seinfeld said, that when he first got into comedy, it was just he saw people standing out and uh, outside the clubs, and they were comedians, and he just wanted to be one of those guys. Like yeah. that was his initial interest, and that's fine. You know, if you just want to be a part of that group, you just want to like have that in your life as a a persona. If that's your initial attraction to it, you know, it's like um, difference between like seeing a pretty motorcycle and then becoming a a great you know, st- you know, stunt driver or racer or something, you know, he, um, he obviously got started and now he's friends with everybody, but that's not everybody's personality. Yeah. You know, yeah. I don't want to be friends with everybody. Honestly, I don't like most people. I don't like talking <laughs> to people. And especially after I've put in a lot of hard work with something and I see someone else being successful, you don't have to be a jealous person to not enjoy, um, hanging out and, you don't have to have a family to enjoy being by yourself. You know, like if if you want to spend time by yourself, as opposed to sitting around a crummy club, or you know, <laughs> you know like, or if you're not a drinker, or if you're not like, like what else are you gonna do? You're right. You know, you you write your jokes, you put in your work. You want to go home and do your thing and get back to work. You don't. It doesn't have to be your social life. Yeah. And, but yeah, people and do like try to use that as power. I think they try to like clump together, and that's. I don't know. I think it's nonsense. Yeah, but again, like, uh, I started seeing a pattern, and I started seeing, uh, like, now that I do it full-time, I see I see people do that where they try to consolidate their power, and they're like, I'm only going to book my friends, and we're going to take over this one section of the city. 
And like, and in my mind, it's like, well, then I just won't go near that section of the city. Like, you don't have any, you know, your powers yeah. make believe. Yeah, absolutely. But again, I see it time and time again when they think somebody's safe and somebody can't affect their career, they go after a comedian, and it's like, you know what? If somebody's selling out a, uh, a clubs every night, maybe, and you're can't, and you can't even get paid work, maybe you should realize, like, hey, they they they're smarter than you at this, and you can learn something from them. But nobody. But they see in their mind, like they think they're already better than that person. That's a big mistake. You know? Well, the the thing that I see with it is is it's like um, basically they think that. Well, the the problem that I have is is when people start to gain notoriety and gain fame, they start to uh, be a lot more open about like what they politically feel and things like that. That's why it's kind of it's kind of refreshing to see like people that are comedians that you know as soon as they start to get a little bit of uh buzz around them i like the ones that don't go immediately after whatever political figure we're all going after which is what you know 99 percent of people have been doing for the last you know year and i know that it's a big deal but it's one of those things that like they they'll have their character and they'll have their stand-up and like it'll be great and then all of a sudden their their next special or whatever comes out and you're you're getting a bunch of shit that isn't funny like it it just it's not it's not observational i mean the world like a lot of the stuff in the world isn't funny right now but there is a lot of stuff that is funny Mm -hmm. yeah totally yeah 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 there is a lot of stuff that is funny and uh I feel like people will always harp on the same few things, especially like, you know, uh, like when something happens on Facebook, there'll be 97 comedians <laughs> trying to write the same joke about the same thing. But then there'll be comedians also writing, that's not funny. Well, you shouldn't <laughs> make fun of it. Like the comedy police. There's always somebody who can't get a laugh and never goes on Someone's stage. Always and gonna, easily yeah, offended. bark orders at people. But uh, I mean, that, another thing, people are, people are yelling at people, don't write jokes about Ariana Grande when that bombing happened. Oh. Right. <laughs> You know, if you write jokes, you're a hack, you're a dish, you're and again, it was some guy who never goes on stage and stinks. So I wrote like, you know, hey, you know, if you have a joke that you think works about Eric Garante, nobody can tell you not to write it. Just fucking write it. You well, know? yeah, that was like, well, there was like a story of the uh, guys going up um, literally like the weekend <laughs> after like 9-11 or something like that. Uh. And they were like they felt like they had to do it because like they were like the world needs a little bit of laughter so like yeah. i think that it's uh it's definitely something that works really well um when it's done right yeah in respect yeah. well 911 you had to uh i mean it was a long time in new york uh to, i remember there was a comedian it was a, it was 911 on 20, 20 2003 mm-hmm. and he went up and in the whole the, the show everybody was killing and he goes up he goes I just want to tell everybody right now, happy 9-11. And he told people were going to like laugh and cheer and like it got silent. Yeah. It was a while <laughs> in this city that you could like really just shit on 9-11. Now yeah. you can because yeah, most it, people weren't, weren't with here. With that being then. said, I mean, what, what, would, what do you think was your worst experience? Like have you ever had like a said something at a show that like got a really negative response from the crowd? Or have you ever had like some experience uh, like that? Yeah, in January, I do a joke about my dad voting for Trump. And the joke... Uh, <laughs> joke is my dad i go dad why'd you vote for trump and my dad's mexican that's the thing my dad and he he did vote for trump i go dad why'd you vote for trump oh he's gonna get rid of all the assholes and i went dad you're the only asshole he's gonna get rid of right (laughs) so in the middle of telling the joke this was in riverdale the bronx i was doing 20 minutes 
And it, and I had made fun of like my mom dying, and I had made fun of like that nineteen year old girl and all this stuff. And in the middle of the joke, and I made fun <laughs> really of my light dad. stuff, really gauge like <laughs> yeah. crowds of emotions. Well, no, but and they were all with it. And in the middle of the joke, and the joke's not even shitting on Trump. The joke is making fun of my dad. They start booing, and I went, "Wait a second, wait a second. I go, this joke is making fun of my dad. It's not even, and they just wouldn't. And I go, "Oh, okay. So making fun of my dead mother." And this girl that no I was deal. in love with is fine. Like, I just literally came on her face to make you guys laugh. <laughs> uh, like, I could shit on the Bible and Jesus. That's okay. But I can't make fun. Of, what are you, what's wrong with you idiots? And they just, they just, and uh, to the point where half the crowd apologized for the other half. It was just, <laughs> weird. I remember Trump you posting serious. about that when, uh, when it happened. Yeah, it was like, and that came, I, that came up with another joke. It was like, listen, I've loved Hulk Hogan my entire life, but like, like I like I, he's my hero, but like I can still make fun of him. Like like you guys did. I, I said there's no way you guys have been loved Donald Trump as long as I've loved Hulk Hogan. Like this is a new thing for you. And you're all in your fifties. Come on, you're gonna boo. They were like really. They got really like vicious, and I was like, he won. I don't know why. Like that's why I don't understand why everyone's still so upset about. Well, me. I don't know. It's kind of calmed down, but like in January. Trump, like around January, February, Trump supporters just didn't want to hear anything in comedy clubs about him. I think now they don't give a shit anymore. Um, I think now it's kind of like back to normal. But for a while, and it was all like people in their 50s and 60s. It's kind of weird um, nowadays because you almost feel like, and it's a lot of older comedians who are like, oh, I'm edgy, I'm this, I'm that. And it's almost like a reversal. You know how, like, most times it's the young kids who are, like, crazy and yeah. the older people are like, you need to go to church, you know? <laughs> now I feel like it's, like, these guys who are 50, 60 who are, like, yeah, and they're like, yeah, I'm a rebel. I'm going to fucking take you to the man. And I'm like, well, you're the man. You're the fucking guy. <laughs> you you're are you're the, man. the man. You literally are. <laughs> yeah, you're literally the man. And you're not. And But, they, but there's this weird thing with these middle-aged men now think they're edgy rebels. With the emotions just, of like a six-year-old girl. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. It's like, and there's a couple of comedians who were always super clean and were always very nice, and now all of a sudden, ever since Trump got elected, they're acting like they're fucking Kid Rock. Uh, <laughs> God, that's all we need. He's running for American badass. <laughs> yeah, I'm an American. Ba yeah, it's like, dude, I'm just, I love my guns, and I'm like, you're 52. Yeah, grow the fuck up. A bad back. <laughs> And he's still wearing the wife beater and the jeans. Yeah. I mean, you, you wife beater. <laughs> yeah, you can't be the hip rebel once you pass 45. I mean, sometimes, you know, you got to you gotta understand, like, at a certain point, you're a dad or a granddad. Yeah. And, and a lot of the times, if they are going to continue to be the rebel, they don't live much past that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, there's only, really a, there's only a few members of uh, the uh, Mick Jagger Club left. Yeah. You know, and... It literally includes Mick Jagger and uh, Steven Tyler. I think there's a third. Who am I? Who am I yeah. missing? I have no clue. <laughs> well, yeah. If you listen, if you were uh, Steven Tyler or member of ACDC or Guns N' Roses, right. you can be a rebel. You can be a rebel till you're 97. I mean, you're in your stripes. But if you were a comedian playing the Ramada, uh, <laughs> you know, t telling jokes about how your wife nags you, and now all of a sudden you're like, oh, I'm a rebel. I say, I, you know, like, uh, I'm going to take it to the man. Like, shut up. You know? <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Well, I completely appreciate you taking the time out of your day to do the podcast. Um, and, you know, 
this is something that's small, but I hope that, you know, you got something out of it. Uh, we definitely got a ton out of it with just having you on. It's a, it was very entertaining to talk to you. Um, I want to see if any of them have any final, final thoughts for you or final questions, and then we'll kind of wrap it up. Um, one more time. I, what, uh, again, want to say your name of your um, show on YouTube for everyone. Oh, it's cause a game, game over girls, game over girls. Okay. Cause I'm definitely going to look into it and, uh, I'm definitely really big into promotion, so yeah, we'll I'm going to look into it, it and share it. <laughs> okay, cool. And it was really great meeting you as well. Thank you so much for coming on. No problem, guys. It was a fun time. <laughs> oh, and uh, you're going to be uh, Monday, Caroline's at 7 p.m.? Yeah, every Monday at 7 p.m. I have my own show at Caroline's, awesome. so that's, that's every Monday at 7. That's Ray Goots, and uh, mm -hmm. Ray, if you want to, we're going to post this. It's going to be up tomorrow? Yep, it'll be up tomorrow. Be well, up tomorrow. Yeah, midnight. Is when I usually post them. I'll tag you in the post, and you can uh, repost it. Or um, are you on Twitter? Uh, yeah, I am. I never use it, but you can tag me on Twitter. <laughs> that's what, everyone, that's everyone. what everybody says. I swear to God, I, yeah. I feel like I've I wasted. Feel like Twitter was so 2012. Right? I wasted so much I'm effort so on over it. Twitter. I, I want Twitter to go away, like the pet rock. I hate everyone on Twitter. <laughs> it, it, they, they don't even make it now. You can't even like the the thing about Twitter. I'm starting going around real quick. No, go the thing ahead. About Twitter in the old days was it was it was. It was real time now they're like it's like this you might like this more and i can't even follow like if i'm something's happening in the real world i want to see people's real-time opinions i right. can't even do that anymore yeah it'll like, show you like four days ago this person said this yeah and it's like no like you know i want to see what people are saying about like i don't whatever it is that i'm watching i want to see what people are saying about the new walking dead or whatever yeah. and, it, and that's what it used to be good for and now it's not even good for that so what is it good for nothing well, and that's <laughs> what was awesome was uh when you first got twitter if something blew up like Twitter would shut down because it would get overwhelmed with traffic. Yeah. Because that's how it was going. They were doing everything live, and you get that white elephant or that white whale. Yeah. They would mm -hmm. pop I remember up that. And then you yeah, were like, oh, like, shit, this is really crazy. Like, this is like the OJ Simpson chase. Sort of <laughs> shit. You yeah. Know? Like, well, people were, you know, I mean, when there was a problem that was fighting Egypt, people were you know, helping each other through Twitter. Yeah. yeah. Right. I remember that. But. And now, now they'd have to sit through like four different ads, a bunch of GIFs. <laughs> just to get to like. <laughs> Like, you, might like you might like this. You might like this. If you like I'm Syria, to find out where the bombs are. <laughs> I'm trying to find out where the bombs are. <laughs> yeah. But uh, once again, man, thanks for being on. And um, if you're ever, I don't know if you travel a whole lot, but if you're ever in Indianapolis, it would be awesome to have you come on and and do this in person. It would be great to you know watch your show and do all of that stuff as well. No problem. I'm always on the road, so I actually. Uh, <laughs> If I am in there, I will uh, I will send you a message, and maybe we'll make it happen. Yeah. Okay. Well, and may I suggest you never come close to Indiana because there's nothing here. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I, I did do a show there in Culver, Indiana, at a military. Oh, okay. Area. I know where that's at. Culver military. I did. They, they had a high there. suicide rate, so we couldn't <laughs> do any suicide. <laughs> right. That's we, not good. We recently had yeah. – I saw Shane Moss's show, and I saw Doug Stanhope. Um, I saw uh, Tom Cotter – and um, Tom Dustin and Jay Snyder. I, so, I, I, you know, people come through here, but it's, I don't know. I think I think it's a good town for comedy, but um, it's n not my favorite state. <laughs> well, you have been all okay. over the place. But, yeah, yeah uh, definitely get a hold of us. I'll add you on Facebook and all that stuff because, um, like I said, Thomas just got over here and kind of we went through the itinerary, so I didn't have a whole lot of time to get it all prepared. So we'll stay in touch, and I would love to have you come on, man. All right, cool. No problem, man. Anytime you guys want. Thank you. All right, Ray. Have a good day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.
Good. I never know how to turn the phone off like <laughs> quick enough. Like so, I feel like they're just sitting at the other end. Like, uh, are we done now? <laughs> but um, you know, we're getting towards the end of the end of the podcast, anyways. So I just wanted to um, give a shout out to the Smug Cast from Greenwood. They're a couple of guys that have a podcast that's doing really well, and I love listening to them. They're hilarious. Hannah and I are going to be guests on the show on Tuesday. Um, they usually drop their episodes on Monday, so it would be next Monday. And it's weird to think about this because I'm trying to do the math in my head. This drops on Monday, so it's going to be literally a week from today that you'll be able to hear it. Um, they're great guys. Uh, we had a good time last time that I was on there. And then also I was on the Pointless Discussions podcast <clears throat> on Friday, and that comes out this Tuesday. So if you get a chance, just search them in iTunes. It's Pointless Discussions. Um, it's It was a great time hanging out with those guys. They're always funny as well. They do like kind of like a uh, D&D type improv thing where they it's called Hospitals and Doctors, and that was like their episode... I think two episodes ago hilarious if you ever get a chance it's like literally listening to a story unfold like in real time as you're listening to it it's awesome <laughs> and um also the shirts i'm working on getting the shirts uh figured out to where people can buy them i've heard a lot of people talking about they want to buy them i know it's most of you are my friends wanting to buy them but if i get like 10 friends to buy them at 20 dollars a piece that's you know 200 bucks and i don't know how much i'm getting the shirts made for but i'm assuming that's a profit well, I'm going to need a package of uh, gray V-necks because that's all I rock. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's, actually, that's right. I forgot. We should look at um, pricing, too. I don't know how much those were to make mm-hmm. them. I don't know if you're, like, attached to that one, but we could look around to see what's yeah, the I have a couple styles. friends that are, like, part owners of, like, t-shirt companies. Hell, yeah. So. We're going to work on that. Hannah, once again, is uh, officially a co-host. So, once again, thanks for being here. And, no problem. And uh, committing. Cause <laughs> Sorry for the delay. <laughs> I was I was worried. I, I didn't know for sure if you would commit, but I'm super pumped that you did. And once again, thanks, Tom, for doing your producing uh, expertise. We're going to get you on the board and get you working on that stuff so I can focus more on the uh, the actual hosting side of things instead of watching the board, watching the time, and doing all that stuff. Right on. Uh, quick preview of next week's show. We're going to have on comedian Jay Snyder, who performed this last weekend with Donnie Baker. He was his opener. Donnie Baker. And, uh, I would love to have Donnie Baker I would and, and, Donnie and Jay Baker Snyder. Yeah, and so cry. we're gonna have we're gonna have Jay Snyder talk about his experience working with the Donnie Baker. And um, I think he's coming back again in August to work with him again. And uh, fingers crossed we're gonna see if we can get the Donnie Baker to come on and say, try to sell us great. that needs to be our short term um, goal. This, this, yeah. is, like, for this sure. is the short term um, I'm going to talk to Jay about it, but we will see. But Jay is going to be on next week. Um, I also wanted to say something because I didn't tell you. You are the producer. I forgot. Um, <laughs> I need the details, there, baby. Unraveling live. <laughs> there is a uh, there is a Twitter account, and it is um, two women that host their own podcast, and they are um, phone sex operators. And they want to they want to be on the podcast because they have their own podcast where they talk about um, 
basically, uh, what is it? Like, I'm trying to think of the word. The sex, the sex workers. Basically, they talk about sex workers. They talk about other topics. You like know. like escorts? Yeah, okay. stuff like that. Awesome. As well as the, like, the phone sex and like right. things like that. They want to be on the show, so I told them that we could work them in. So Heck maybe yeah. we can do a bonus right. episode yeah, and uh, drop definitely. it a little bit later in the week or something. That could yeah. be a very polarizing show. Yep. <laughs> I'm interested. It's going to get they, weird. They were telling, they were, uh, telling one of their questions they asked on Twitter was, like they were asking their sex worker friends, what do you usually tell your friends and family that you do for your day job? And so that was a pretty fun thread that I kind of fell down the rabbit hole reading everybody's responses. Right. BJs, BJs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. But um, they're, they're going to be, they're definitely in for an interview. So I would like to interview them. And then we're also going to have Jay Snyder. And uh, basically I enjoy you guys. Um, interacting with the podcast, so you can do that at Juice in the AM on Twitter, which apparently nobody uses. Um, <laughs> you can also search. <laughs> you can also search for us on Facebook at uh, Juice in the Morning. Just go into the search bar, type Juice in the Morning, and then on Instagram it is at Juice in the AM, and then on email you can get a direct line to me at Juice in the Morning at Gmail dot com. How do they find Hannah? Uh, Crave Hannah on every social media, no spaces, um, no underscores, whatever, no caps, just Crave Hannah. Nice. And Thomas, or yeah. Producer Tom. I think you're going to have to change your Twitter name to Producer Tom. Yeah. I don't know oh, how attached you I, are I, to your Twitter name that no one uses. <laughs> you hold your tongue. <laughs> Twitter's gone a long ways. Uh, I believe in Twitter. So. I'm on uh, My Mordant Comedy, and uh, if you can spell the word Mordant in My... And followed up with a comedy, then you can find me. Uh, I think I will start a new Twitter, um, see if producer Tom is available. I don't put any spaces or underscores or numbers in any of my emails or anything like that. Yeah. If I can't be original enough to get my own, then I don't deserve to have it. Exactly. So exactly. I, would you be Would you be open to producer T-H-O-M? Because I don't well, think actually anybody, that's how I spell Tom. Okay, good. Because I don't think anybody mom, has that. My mom always made me spell Tom T H O M. I like that. I am Tom York Smith. I am fully in on that. All right. Well, um, yeah. Other than that, and if anybody wants to reach out to me personally, I am Thomas Royal Kenneth Montgomery on Facebook. And uh, if you want to be a part of the show, let me know. Also, don't forget to check out Ray Goots on Facebook. You guys can add him. I don't know how many Facebook friends he has. I know Facebook has a limit. But add him. Look up his stuff on YouTube. The Game Over Girls on YouTube as well. And then also, I don't know how many listeners are in New York. But if you are, Caroline's at 7 o'clock on Mondays, right? Yes, sir. All right. Thanks for listening. And I uh, can't wait to talk to you guys next week. Okay, bye. Good morning.